What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. She is Michelle Majuk. Happy Friday, Michelle. Hey, hey. It's a rainy Friday here, so not super exciting, but I have the day off. So, like, I'm going to live it up. Just put an offer in in a house. Like, yeah. If we get news on that house today, you better believe I'm going to be popping some champagne. <laughs> really happy, but... Uh, you know, if we don't get it, I'll be popping some champagne really sad. <laughs> Either way, alcohol yeah. will be consumed. Yeah. I love looking at houses, by the way. As soon as you told me you were looking, I wanted to see everything. I wanted to see every detail. And what is, and this is how you know I'm such an old person. What is the first detail about that house that I said I liked when I was looking? Well, at I it? will say the two details are something like I would never even look at. You're like such a man. It was <laughs> the outlets in the house, which I do agree with you outlets being in the house is very important i've dealt with it in pittsburgh houses there are just no outlets it's annoying so very smart of you to look at that and then the gas stove like for you to even like look at that or care is just really funny i love cooking out of gas stove i like to cook and gas stoves are great because you have complete control over your flame your temperature yes. intensity all that stuff but they are a pain in the ass to keep clean and I, we couldn't do it. We had two gas stoves in two different places, and they were disgustingly gross by the time we moved out. We have an electric stove now, which is not as fun to cook on. Easy as hell to keep clean. It is. I've, I've had both. And I will say I do enjoy the gas stove more like you. To cook is just more enjoyable, and I do think food cooks better on it. Yep. But it is very annoying to keep clean. I'm with you. Yeah. The thing I like about the gas stove is like if you want to turn something down – you turn it down immediately. The flame goes down and you're good. With the electric stove, the burner just turns off and you just have to wait for it to cool off. It's terrible. <laughs> no I agree. I agree. So, but you know, we'll live with the dirty stove, I guess, if we get this house. <laughs> Maybe we'll pay someone to come clean it. But uh, it's been impossible in this housing market. So everybody wish me luck, please, because it's a, been a disaster. There you go. Well, we, we, we do wish you luck and I want you to keep us posted because uh, I will be thinking about that. Uh, buying your own place is scary and crazy and now it's even scarier and crazier with how people are bidding on places it's unbelievable it's like you have to go like 50 over you have no shot it's insane it's the way some people want the 49ers to approach free agency by the way stefan gilmore signed with the colts today um, i'm pretty sure all they're asking for the 49ers to do is just do anything i don't even know if they're asking <laughs> for everything but you know honestly 49ers fans get excited about the smallest of signings. So you guys are just grateful people, which is really nice. Yeah, see, the Niners made a signing yesterday, pass rusher Kamoko Ture, and I was excited about it. I was in a good mood. I thought it was a good value, solid signing for the team. And before we hit record, Steelers fan over here, Michelle Majuk, is just trashing Ture, trashing I'm not 49ers trashing. Fans. I'm fine with the signing. It's just so funny how excited you guys get. And you're like, oh, like I've seen so many like really, really love the signing. It's like, I mean, the dude had a career year last year and his, his PFF grades were pretty much trash all across the board. 53 defensive grade, 42 run defense, 33 tackling grade, uh, missed 50%. Oh my God, I didn't even see that. Missed 50% of his tackling attempts, which is just, I mean, wow. Uh, 61 pass rush grade. So it's cool. He got five and a half sacks. Four of those came against Davis Mills and Jacoby Brissett. I don't know why those count less than other sacks. I don't think it's a bad signing if you don't right. plan to use them. But if you need depth, like depth wise, it's a fine signing. If you actually expect him to be on the field and do well, 
then that's a big yikes. But nobody expects that. He's not doesn't have to be Nick Bosa. He's going to come in. He's going to be part of the rotation. He's going to be a solid contributor. He's going to a much more talented defensive line, and he's going to be coached by Chris Kosarek, who we've seen, whether it's Arden Key, whether it's uh, – of course, now I can't think of the other guy's name. Unbelievable. But if he was going to be such a, like a, a, you know, a, a contributor, right? Someone that you want just as depth, then why didn't the Colts just keep him? Who cares? That's not my problem. The Colts like, are not geniuses. They screw It's not like up. he's expensive and they don't really have good pass rushers on their team. So why not just keep him if they saw any potential out of him? Because they wanted to sign Rodney McLeod and they wanted to sign Stephon Gilmore. Maybe they didn't have room in the cap. I don't know the situation. They didn't have room for this $1 million signing? The Colts problems are not my problems. I am not concerned about the Colts, okay? I'm concerned All about right. the 49ers. Right. I Maybe don't st- mean to poo-poo on anyone's excitement. If you're excited about you Miko, Moko, Ture, then be excited. Give me six to eight sacks. That's all I'm asking for. He's not going to get six to eight sacks. Why not? Going, oh, we're betting not, on this. He'll get four max. Like, no, he's, and that's if they allow him to rush the passer a lot, like nearly 200 times, he would have to be on the field a lot. Maybe he'll sneak in four or five sacks, but no, he's not going to get six to eight sacks. That's really high thinking there. He got five and a half last year. And again, two, two, two and two in separate games, right? Against very two unathletic quarterbacks. Maybe he gets lucky again. He gets to face them and he gets those pass rushing attempts against those guys. And he sneaks in a couple, but come on. Oh, please. He's got, he's got multiple games against Drew Locke. They're playing Tom Brady, the most unathletic quarterback of all time. They're playing. They got plenty of guys on that. You're such a poo pooer. You are such a poo pooer. <laughs> Be happy about Kamoko Ture. And when he fifty percent missed tackle percent, he still makes fifty percent. Why don't you look at it that way, Michelle? Jeez, <laughs> come on. Oh Lord, no. It's just I, I was like, oh wow, Steelers or Steelers, 49ers fans are like really pumped about the signing. Let me dig in, and I was like, oh okay, I don't, I don't get it. Okay. I will say your your opinions about Jaquaski Tart look a lot better now because I did have a bunch of people reach out and say you can't judge safeties purely on like counting stats, interceptions, passes broken up, all that stuff. And it's like, well, here we go. It's April 15th. And I haven't even heard of a single team being interested in Jaquaski Tart, let alone putting in an offer or signing him. So uh, you do look pretty prophetic there. I mean, yeah, and I get you can't just look at the stats, but I mean, sometimes you do have to have a pass breakup, you know, it's <laughs> not all about breakup. the stats, but maybe just once in a while you throw one in there might be helpful. We are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft, and there are obviously the the eyes of 49ers nation are locked in on who they could pick. So we're going to go through today. You've got some people picked out, some players to pay attention to. Uh, I start now to get like my draft crushes the two biggest ones i can remember and neither one makes me look good by the way 2019 i was super hopeful that the niners would get either Nikhil harry or hakeem butler and both of those look like complete Yikes. washouts and so and they got brandon Ayuk, and obviously everything's great but uh those are my two big like draft crushes that they didn't get and i was all disappointed and i ended up being completely not even a problem. I will say my wide receiver draft crushes have been pretty good as of late. Elijah yep. Moore was my dude last year. He balled out when he had, he got the opportunity with the Jets and he was healthy. The year before that, it was T. Higgins. So mm. I, I've hit on these 
you know, these two guys in the second rounders the last couple of years. So I have some second round guys, at least one that I'm in love with that I'll discuss. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. Give me the first crush right now. Okay, so I just want to say when I'm looking at wide receiver options for the 49ers, obviously it starts there in the second round if they're going to take a guy, and it's a late second. So I'm not going to bring up the top guys in the draft. They're likely going to be gone. And when I'm like the top five, you got Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London, Jamison Williams, and Traylon Burks. But I also think George Pickens and Sky Moore will be gone at that point. Okay. Maybe Christian Watson can fall to the second or if the 49ers do something stupid and trade up for him. <laughs> I'm not high on Christian Watson. I just want to say that. I think he's a super athlete. I get it. But his ball tracking skills are really, really rough. He has a 12% drop rate in college. It was against FCS competition. He's a six foot four, 200 plus pounder. And he, his contested catch rate was also garbage. Like if he had anyone on him, he really struggled to come down with that ball and he should have been dominating that competition. Not only just at that height and size, but he was also an old player, like a fifth year player, 23 years old. Uh, he'll be right after the draft. So I can see where people get excited about him with being a super athlete and maybe someone can turn that athlete into a really good football player. He's just not there yet. So I feel like it's a risky game to go grab him. If he falls at the end of the second to the 49ers, then you know, maybe that's a spot that it's worth the risk, but still, yeah, I don't know. And this is why I think that this is a big, this is an important pick for the 49ers, whether they go wide receiver, second round, whatever. If they go wide receiver, I think it's massive for the team because when whatever happens with Debo Samuel happens, which again, I think he's going to get signed. I don't think he's going to get traded. That I think that deal is going to get done. But Brandon Ayuk's deal is going to be coming up. He's going to be eligible for a new deal after 2022. He's obviously going to want a lot of money. It's It makes things with Brandon Ayuk a lot easier if the 49ers hit on this pick of a wide receiver and they know they have somebody else in the wings that's going to be cheap for another couple years. So I think this is an incredibly important pick because I like Juwan Jennings, but he's not he's not a number two. He's just not. And they don't really have anybody else on the roster that I feel like is capable of being a number two. They have to find one. So whoever they pick, it's important if they hit on it because that allows them to set their price on Ayuk. And if they can get him at that price, great. But if not, it's okay. You can let him go. You have the cheap wide receiver because those are the tough decisions they're going to have to make. When you have a bunch of really good players, you can't keep everybody. Yeah, 100%. So this is the guy I think could form into that type of player. It's Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama, six foot one, 194 pounds, long arms, 10 inch hands, 90th percentile, tested out plenty good enough at the combine, bind 449 speed, 36 inch vert, 10 three broad jump. Now he's also on the other side. He's the same age as Christian Watson. He just turned 23 years old and he was playing for a smaller school, right? Not great competition when you're playing for South Alabama. The difference is Jalen Tolbert dominated against bad competition. He put up 1,474 yards, 18 yards per reception, eight touchdowns in 12 games in 2021. He had nearly 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, 17 yards per reception, and 11 games in 2020. Tolbert actually leads the FBS in receiving yards over the last two seasons with 2,559 yards. So yes, he was also playing against bad competition, but at least he absolutely dominated while he was there. And apparently in the senior bowl practices, he balled out, which a lot of these drills are supposed to, you know, 
it benefits the wide receiver. You're supposed to win on these drills, but against competition that will be playing in the NFL, apparently, according to all the reports, he was the best wide receiver there. So that makes you feel good. And I, I think he could be used downfield. He could be used anywhere on the field, really. He's a plug-in play slot wide receiver if you want to start him there, but he can be on the outside. I just think he's a super versatile guy that can you know, be that wide receiver too if they move on from Brandon Ayuk in the future. For next year, you just plug him in as that wide receiver three all over the field. So I'm not going to pretend like I know about these people. I'm looking at the Dane Brugler draft guide and I'm looking at Tolbert and I see a couple of things. First, he had offers from power five programs, but he decided to turn them down to stay close to home. So that gives you an idea of the talent level that he has. Uh, That's one thing. The only thing that that leads me to believe you might be wrong is I look in the weaknesses and I see half hearted blocker and won't go looking for work if he doesn't have to. You have to block in this offense if you are a wide receiver. Now, that he could get to the 49ers and the Shanahan could literally tell him, if you don't block, your ass is going to be gone. Like That's something that easily can be fixed, but it's going to have to be fixed because it's the most important thing to Shanahan. The reason Juwan Jennings started getting more looks last year is because he started blocking his ass off, and Shanahan loves that. That is the way to his heart. Uh, I do see uh, Brugler hasn't predicted second or third round grade number 59 overall. So that would be obviously right in line with the Niners pick at 61. He actually, in his mock draft, he has them going 62 to the Chiefs, which is which is one pick after the 49ers. Mm. But his 49ers pick is also a prospect I really like, which I think would be a nice fit, which we could talk about a little bit later. It's an edge prospect. So I don't mind that there if they, you know, they skipped over Tolbert, but he does have him going just one pick after the 49ers that would hurt my soul a little bit I, you know you could teach like teach a guy to block a little bit like i don't know that, that would be a silly reason for them to pass up on him i think of all the the things that you would have to change about a player you would think that that is one of the easiest so that is good but that like speaks to another thing who regardless of who the 49ers draft at whatever position my philosophy is always Take guys that don't have to change that much. Your odds of of hitting on these guys and these people being successful to me are so much better if they can play the way they've always played. Drafting Trey Sermon last year and then having to change his whole running style to me is absurd, especially at a position like running back where there's a billion of them. So I I don't know if the 49ers, like if that was just a one-year thing or whatever, but I hope they get away from that. Just pick guys that fit right now. I agree. And uh, I have another guy that I think would be a nice fit at the wide receiver position for the 49ers. Now, I don't know if he's a good blocker. I'm sorry. Didn't look into that. (laughs) How dare you poo-poo my analysis? Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. I think he could be had in the third round for the 49ers. He will be a slot wide receiver at the next level because he does have really short arms. I mean, like really, really short arms, 29-inch arms. But if you can get over that, Right. And I, I do think he's just purely a slot ride receiver at the next level. He was very productive at Boise State, 1117 yards, seven touchdowns in 2021 and just 12 games. He averaged over 100 yards per game in 2020 and just seven games in that COVID shortened season. Fantastic body control, can win at the catch point, made some really crazy catches at Boise State. He's been extremely consistent as a performer each of the last three seasons, 86 PFF grade. Each of those years, he tested out really well at the combine. It's really just those short arms. 
that it, it, I think that's why he might drop is because he's going to be just a slot wide receiver. Maybe you get lucky and he's outside, but very unlikely at that size. I would be really interested in him in the third round for them to, you know, they could use one of those slot wide receivers plug in. I know they like to use everybody all over the place, but I, I think this would be a good fit for them. I like the idea of getting like a comfort blanket for Trey Lance, somebody uh, like somebody that can get open in a small area and get open quickly and just give him, just always have that option there, right? Like whatever things hit the fan, boom, dump it off. Maybe something can happen. The short arms thing, like if you're using him in the slot, that's not going to be a big problem. The other thing I like is that he's got some experience on special teams. And like, again, I've said it a million times, Ray, Ray McLeod ain't it. So (laughs) the more options they have at that spot, the better, obviously IU can do it too. Uh, I've actually heard Shakir mentioned for the 49ers a lot. You are not alone in your love for him and this team. Uh, A lot of people have mentioned it. I think Kyle Posey mentioned it also. Um, I would love a little slack. Uh, I think the 49ers like that. Like they have Juwan Jennings as kind of their bigger guy. So I think they're not opposed to bringing in a guy that's a little shorter. So Shakir could work there. So I like both of those projections by you for the Niners. And one more wide receiver I wanted to bring up. I'm not in love with this guy, but it seems like everyone else is. So maybe I'm wrong. Alec Pierce, if you can get him in the late third, like with pick 105, not even your first third, but pick 105. I do think like he's a speedster that could open up an offense, right? Keep defenses um, being honest there. I do think he's just kind of a one trick pony, but he does have fantastic acceleration, a burst. And, you know, he, he knows how to win deep. So if that's the type of guy you want to bring in just to open up the offense a little bit more, he's going to be like uh, a poor man's Mike Wallace. You remember Mike Wallace? He really did one thing for the Steelers and it was go deep a little bit down his, you know, later in his career, he did other stuff, but to start his career, it was really just a deep guy. I don't think he's as good as Mike Wallace, but you know, if you want to bring in a speedster, that would be the Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. A guy I used to work with, Chris Sims, is super high on Alex. I know. Pierce. I know. Uh, His wide receiver rankings are crazy. Oh boy. You're gonna you're gonna trash Chris? I'll allow it. No, I'm not. I like him, no, but he's awesome. Um, so I have no problem if the 49ers want to bring in a deep guy, although I do disagree. Like there are some 49ers fans that think that Trey Lance is just gonna be throwing 50 yard bombs down the field every play. Like, no, that's not gonna happen. That's not his strength, by the way. He's not the best deep passer. Um, they will be more vertical. I totally agree, but it's not like they're just going to turn into this like air raid type of offense, but, uh, let's see. Brugler has him in projected 89 overall in the third round. So uh, somebody that obviously the 49ers should be able to get, assuming he doesn't make some massive leap up the, uh, the draft board. The other criticism I don't get of people is like, oh, he ran, he's adding to his route tree or he ran a basic route tree. Well, okay. But like. They can run any route they want in the NFL. Like that just seems like a weird criticism to me. I don't think it's going to be that difficult for him to run different things. They said the same thing about DK Metcalf. He's, he doesn't seem to have heard DK Metcalf too much. He's about to get the bag this offseason. DK um, Metcalf is also a, like a beautiful specimen, right? He's has no body fat on him. He's massive. Like, I mean, those type of wide receivers normally actually don't work out that well in the NFL. That's why people were worried about DK. I loved him. Like he's just because like you can't build that man. You couldn't even build him in a lab. I don't know how he <laughs> came out 
of some person like that is absurd to me. <laughs> well, he didn't come out. Like that. <laughs> he didn't come out like that, but it's absurd, like just how he's built. So no, you can't be like, oh, Alec Pierce can be all right because DK Metcalf was very different players. But I, I do think there's a, a use for these type of guys in an offense. So it, you know, if they if they can grab him there in the late third, I I wouldn't hate it. Not everybody has to do everything. If Pierce yeah. is only a deep guy, that's okay. If Shakir's only a slot guy, that's okay. Like you have Debo who can do every single thing. And right, at least right now you have Ayuk who I think, again, I continue to say nobody has been held back more than Brandon Ayuk. I think he's really, know, really he's good. So good. Um, okay. So that's three wide receivers. Now, if I told you that they were going to pick a receiver at 61, I assume you'd want it to be Tolbert and the other two they should wait on. Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't take Shakir or Pierce in the second round. I would only take Tolbert there. And like I said, if Watson falls, like I think Watson's going to be gone before then. Um, and if he falls to the second and they want to take a shot on him, he does have the connection with uh, Trey Lance. So I, I don't hate it. It's just, it's a risky pick. Like I, I just think it's a much riskier pick than Tolbert. I think Tolbert's ready to perform right now, be ready to, you know, help out a team get to, you know, a, a Super Bowl or be a Super Bowl contender right now. I just think Watson's a little bit riskier and a, a lot more raw. Okay. We've got a bunch of other positions we want to get to. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get to offensive line, defensive back. There's plenty more intrigue for the Niners in this draft. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right. We've gone through some wide receivers. We still want to get to secondary and we want to get to offensive line, which, by the way, are absolutely massive needs for the 49ers. Although I did feel a little better. Did you see, Michelle, Mike McGlinchey posted a video. He's running. He's up over 300 pounds now, which I think, by the way, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Javi and Leo on Tuesday were talking about Mike McGlinchey and wondering if he was going to be able to get his weight up. And then all of a sudden, two days later, Mike McGlinchey's posting a picture about his weight being up over 300 pounds. I'm just just saying. Uh, but I was very reassured by that. So I'm I'm hopeful that Mike McGlinchey can come back because that would settle a lot of questions about the offensive line. Oh, yeah, that's very important. And he did look good out there. I saw the video. He looked like he was doing his thing, trying to get back. I will say it, it's nice for the right tackle position, although there's no depth. So if he, you know, he's not ready or he does get hurt again. It's looking a little iffy, but guard guard is still a huge need in this draft. They have to find someone to that's pretty much a plug and play guard or else. I don't know. It's going to get it's going to get rough out there. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Uh, but before we get to the offensive line, let's get to the secondary, because I do think it's a position the 49ers need to address. I think they need at least one more corner. I'm sorry, Diamondor Lenore and Ambry Thomas. I am not confident in them at all by any stretch of the imagination. And that's the thing. If one person gets injured, if Mosley goes down, which it seems like he misses a couple games every year, Thomas or Lenore right now would be thrust into playing significant time. And I don't have confidence there. So when you looked at the secondary, did you look more at corners? Did you look at safeties or who struck your fancy? It's kind of hard because a lot of those top corners are going to be off the board by yep. the time the 49ers pick. And it does get kind of thing kind of fast. But there's one guy that I think could fall to them in the second round. That's Roger McCreary out of Auburn. Three-year starter at Auburn in the SEC. Top competition and experience. He forced 20 incompletions in 2021. That was the most in the FBS. Overall, he's just a super solid corner and pro ready. The biggest issue and why you might fall, he's a small dude. 5'11, 190 pounds. And it just apparently I like these short arm guys, right? <laughs> 28.9 inch wow, arm. That's shorter than Shakir. 
first percentile for the position. So he's going to have to be a slot corner again. So it's one of those guys that unless they're an outlier, like he did well on the outside of the SEC at Auburn, but unless he's this outlier guy, because there's nobody with that small of arms playing in the outside in the NFL right now, he would have to be an outlier. But I think, you know, plugging in this guy as a slot corner who's extreme that's been like just a really solid performer top level at his position with tough competition i think that's fine the 49ers need a slot corner right they got yes. rid of k1 williams which good right but they <laughs> they need a guy that they can rely on and i think like at the end of the second round that's kind of that prime spot there you wouldn't want to waste a first rounder on a slot corner but i think that's fine to do so in the late second can you just defend the slot fade? Like that's really all the 49ers need their nickel corner to do. Whoever they put there last year got killed on that route. And teams, you could tell in late in the season in the playoffs, they were like, oh, great. K-1's in the slot. Here we go. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, whoever it was, it was just every time it was so depressing. Just give me one guy that can at least do that and we'll be in better shape. But I have to admit, I do like hearing all the past breakup stats like, you know, at some point, I would like to see the 49ers invest in somebody in the secondary that can do more than just stop big plays. Not that that's not important, but it's okay to break up some of the other plays too. Like that's allowed and, and just get at least one guy that can do that. Now, maybe Ward can do that. I don't know. I haven't seen him play a ton, but like, let's go here with these people invest in the secondary. Sometimes I think that the 49ers don't value that spot as much as they should. It's incredibly important, especially playing in the AFC West, which is loaded with wide receivers. Yeah, they need to find somebody just in this secondary. And I do think Charvarius Ward will be good in that situation where he's able to cause those breakups and just make more plays on the ball. But they just, yeah, they need more depth there where it's just guys that they're not giving up these big plays constantly and then finally making one big play to, you know, kind of make up for it, but just have someone out there that's more consistent. And I think uh, McCreary can do that for them. I also like this line from Brugler scouting report described as the alpha of the secondary by former defensive coordinator, Derek Mason. Love that. Like that. The Niners do have a, a mentality that they love. They like guys like that leaders, kind of hard nosed guys. Jimmy Ward is there. Uh, obviously Bosa Kittle, Debo, like that is the mentality that they like. And I'd like to see that in the secondary a little more. Listen, and you know who I'm going to bring up as a safety here. You oh, know, boy. you know, my boy, Jalen Petrie. Now, I will say, there. I don't know, but I'm still seeing mock drafts with him getting there. And anytime he does get there, I don't know if teams just really want him to make it to the 49ers. They always take him and all of these mock drafts. <laughs> he gets there, he never makes it past them. Like he's just the perfect fit for them. Just the way he plays. He's just a baller. He's all over the field, uh, just creating plays in the running game in, in coverage. And I, I've already talked about him a ton, but the safety out of Baylor, I just, he reminds me of uh, a Tyron Matthew. So if you're not going to go get him, go get the younger version of him. He just, he, he's a, he's a playmaker. He's a football player out there, and I think he can be the heart of that defense. I, I'm a massive fan, and I would be very, very excited if they could grab him in the second round. And he ran a 4-4-6-40, which is slightly better than Talanoa Hufanga's like 4-6-4-40. Not that that's everything, but it, yeah. you know, people think Hufanga can cover. He can't cover. He's, he's no. He just can't. Um, is this the guy, if I told you everybody you're naming is going to be available for the Niners at 61, is this the guy you would pick for them? 
yes, this is the guy. I'd run my card to the podium, put it in. I would be thrilled, thrilled. Now, I will say uh, Dane Burglar has him going at 46. So many picks before the 49ers. But again, these mock drafts are all over the place. For all the top analysts, nobody seems to have consensus on really any of these positions. Besides like Aiden Hutchinson going number one, which all of a sudden isn't even Yep. Consensus anymore with Trayvon Walker, which is just crazy. But it, it seems like these, everyone in a, a lot of these positions, they're graded out so close to each other that people are mocking them in different areas. I have seen Jalen Petrie go as early as the late first to going to the 49ers in the late second. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I think that's exactly how the NFL likes it. They like for nobody to know anything because it adds to the intrigue of the whole draft. Uh, Safeties are massively important in today's game. They have to do so many different things. They have to cover at the line of scrimmage. They have to be factors in the run game. They have to be able to cover deep as well. Like you're really asking more of a safety in the modern NFL than you ever have before. The Niners have a need there. I mean, I don't know who the other starting safety is opposite Jimmy Ward. We still don't know. And maybe it's the kind of thing where if the Niners can get Petrie, great. And if not, maybe they just try and sign Jaquaski Tart back since nobody seems to want him. And at that point, he's probably not going to be expensive. And at least you know what you have there. Um, but I, I, you have made me fall in love with him. So like he will be the player <laughs> that I will be hoping falls to the 49ers, especially because, you know, if if they don't get one of the wide receivers, there's a ton of wide receivers. They can get somebody else later. If they don't get Petrie, I get the feeling that the other safeties, while they're not bad, are just like there's a drop off between him and some of the other people that would be available. Yep. And I do. I will say I have another safety guy here that maybe they'd look at in the third round if they missed out on a Jalen Petrie in the second. It's Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Uh, he wasn't a starter for Illinois till his senior year. But once he became a starter, he, you know, he did his thing. He was a beast out there. And who knows what took him that long to become a starter? Was it bad coaching? Not realizing his potential? Because it's not like Illinois is good with full of fantastic talent out there. Or maybe it just took him all that time to finally show that he, you know, he was worthy of a starting role. But in 2021, five interceptions, four pass breakups. His force completion percentage was fifth best among safeties in the FBS last year. But he's also great at run defense, 91 PFF grade. Uh, he's a, a big guy out there, 6'1", 203 pounds, 33-inch arms, big hands, 39-inch vert, which is just fantastic. Damn. He's an athletic uh, dude out there. The only knock on him is he doesn't have a lot of experience. But could that be a good thing, right? Like it, He might not be at the top of his potential right now. There's a lot of room for him to grow. So I do think if they miss out on a Jalen Petrie, if you can grab a Kirby Joseph there at the end of the third, that that's a nice little consolation prize. I'd be down for that. Like, again, they have to draft a safety and they, they just can't go into it with Hufanga there. They need somebody that's athletic, that has some speed. And the other thing is, I think that whoever they pick is going to have the benefit of playing alongside Jimmy Ward. I think Jimmy Ward is really freaking good. I think Jimmy Ward covers up a lot of mistakes by people. So even if, you know, he does have to take his lumps a little, because like you said, he's inexperienced. I think Ward can help minimize some of that. Like he's going to make dumb mistakes. Yes. But hopefully Ward can clean some of those up. So uh, they have to take a safety. If they don't get a safety coming out of this draft, I'll be really upset. I agree with you. They That's a, like a prime need there. And like I said, I don't know if there's anyone worth it. 
in the late second round if mm-hmm. they if Petrie's not sitting there. But if you can find a, a guy like Kirby Joseph, I'm sure there's other good prospects as well in the third round. Then you know you might have to just pull the trigger. That I just wish they had a first round pick, right? Like I <laughs> wish they had four picks in the top three rounds. At least they have two third round picks because that'd be a little brutal if they didn't. Uh, but you know I am missing that first rounder here when I'm talking about these guys. Yeah, well, that's always, I mean, it's always more, just just more juice when you have a first round pick. I will say, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Niners maybe try and move up in the third or maybe sneak into the second. I think Dre Greenlaw is going to get traded in some sort of package for a draft pick. I really do. They have Warner. They have Aziz Alshire. I I just think that, you know, Greenlaw's contract is going to be coming up. I don't think they're going to pay him. I don't think they have plans to pay him. And I don't think it's a spot where the 49ers go, well, we have to have so much depth at that position that we need him. I think they're willing to move him. And I just, like you said, like they need picks. And and I think that come the end of the draft, Dre Greenlaw will not be on the 49ers and people will moan and groan and cry because they remember (laughs) him intercepting Russell Wilson. Uh, But they'll be fine. They'll be just fine. Trust me, people. What do you think they'll get for him? Not much. I, I think they're going to, he's going to have to be part of a package, you know, and maybe they package him with like 105 and Greenlaw, and then he can move up in the third round and do something like that. I don't think it's going to be like a massive deal, but I just think that he's an asset they have that has value that they don't, wouldn't really be that much worse off by getting rid of. So it just kind of makes sense to me. Maybe they do that. It would be interesting to look at. It's always fun when a trade comes in during the draft, like when a player trade comes in. Oh, just the noise of the draft pick too. Like when it comes in, Mm -hmm. it's just, it just lights up my heart. I get so excited. It's awesome, man. I love all the music. I love the sound effect. I love the draft, man. People are like, you don't know who's going to be good. I don't care. It's hopium. (laughs) I like Hope, man, bring it on. It's candy, right? Like it tastes good when I'm eating it and it might make me fat later, but while I'm eating it, it tastes good. And that's really all I care about at the end of April. Yeah, I agree with you. Now looking here at uh, 49ers needs, we'll get into offensive line, like we said, but what do you think is more important that they grab uh, early, kind of early uh, edge or defensive tackle? If I have to choose between those two edge. Um, Okay. and maybe this is me being naive. I'm kind of buying into the Javon Kinlaw, like is going to be better this year hype. I just read an article from Cam Inman yesterday. He had an interview with Kinlaw and Kinlaw said he's lost 20 pounds. He's feeling as good as he's felt since his sophomore year at South Carolina. Like, and again, I don't need him to be, you know, Aaron Donald there, but he was drafted to fill in for DeForest Buckner for a reason. He was like the 13th overall pick in the draft. He has not produced at that level to this point. I'm hopeful that at least for a year or two, he can sort of live up to that potential. And I really like, they need someone to compliment Bosa on the edge. They don't have it. They tried with D Ford. They've tried with Ebu Cam. It's not working. So if I had to choose just between interior and edge, I would take edge. Okay. I I think I agree with you there. I just think edge is a more important position and you need someone there to be on the opposite side of Nick Bosa and just get after that quarterback. And I I know that Colts guy who I keep forgetting his name that you just signed is going to be, (laughs) it's going to be the next superstar. Uh, But you might want to (sighs) upgrade there still, even though, you know, you filled the need apparently, Uh, but I'm still looking to upgrade there. And someone that Dane Bugler has going to the 49ers at the second round is Josh Pascal, who I'm a big fan of out of Kentucky. 
He's six foot three, 268 pound, just beast of a man. Ran a 477, 38 vert, 38 vert at 268 pounds. I don't even know how, how you do that. Wow. How do you get that weight off the ground that high? He was a ex- super explosive guy, and you could see it on the tape. 90 PFF grade, 81 pass rush grade, 90 rush defensive grade. He could just kind of pretty much do everything there. And I do think after those top four edge rushers are gone in the first round of the draft, like there's going to be other edge at like after Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe Trayvon Walker. Like, I just think he's all athlete and not really a good prospect, but after those guys, like you have your George Carl Loftus and your Jermaine Johnson's. And I don't know if there's that big of a gap between Josh Pascal and those guys. And they're going to go in the first round. Well, I still like for some reason, Josh Pascal is just kind of being overlooked here. And I do think you might be able to grab him in the second. And if you can, I, I love that steal for the 49ers. I think like between Josh Pascal and Jalen Petrie, I think either of those two guys would be massive values in the late second round and an area of need. So it's kind of perfect. I'm biased, maybe like the same reason that I think that Teray is going to be a good signing. Like I think that any edge rusher that they get is going to get a boost from just number one, playing alongside the talent the 49ers have already on the defensive line, and two, working with Chris Kasarek, who can squeeze a little more juice out of people than than they can get out in other places. So you would think that it shouldn't be this hard to get somebody to compliment Bosa on the other side, but the 49ers have not been able to do it. So maybe my thinking is wrong. But give me an athlete, somebody that has the stuff that you can't teach. And I think the 49ers have the talent in place and the coaching in place to be able to teach the things that you can teach, if that makes sense. Should we get into the offensive line prospects? You know, they're not really fun to talk about, but it's a big need. Absolutely. I'm still getting over my cold, so I'm sorry. Yeah, we both are. That's okay. All right, so my first guy, it's Luka Decky, which is it's just funny because he also has short arms. <laughs> we'll get into it, but I'm just uh, a full list here of short arm guys. Wait, is he a tackle? Is he a guard? He played right tackle out of Central Michigan, but with his shorter arms, he's likely to move inside at the NFL level, which I think is fine, right? The, the 49ers need guards on both sides, and they really need some depth, and you know, maybe you can plug him in the right tackle position there if you need to but it's definitely probably not somewhere somewhere you want to keep him for his career. He allowed zero sacks on 425 pass blocking snaps in 2021. Allowed just three hits and four hurries. Like, fantastic season from him. 92 PFF grade, 81.4 uh, in 2019 as his first year as a starter. He did miss his second season because he tore his ACL. Mm. Maybe that would be a worry, but we saw him come back in the start that third year for him. And he was absolutely fantastic. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, can just good pass blocking and run blocking there. So I do think he's NFL ready. You could plug him in right away into a guard position. and He's going to be pretty good. Now he's being mocked all over the place. So I don't really know where the 49ers will have to take him. There's some mock drafts. I don't even see him in the first four rounds. And then Dave Bugler has him at pick 70, the last pick in the second round. So obviously you'd prefer to be able to steal the third round, but you might have to go with them in the second. I don't really know. All of these offensive linemen are going all over the place in every mock draft I look at, besides obviously the top guys. But I, I think Luke Ludecki would be just an instant plug-and-play guy for the 49ers. They need at least one plug-and-play offensive lineman out of this draft, whether it's at center, which, by the way, I do not think Alex Mack is coming back. I really don't. 
Um, so whether it's at center, whether it's at guard, if they somehow manage to get a tackle, that'd be great too. But like they have to get at least one. And it's just, I don't even think my standard for that spot is that high. Like just don't get worked immediately. Like we saw sometimes with Tom Compton or like we saw sometimes with Daniel Brunskill, like just give me an NFL average offensive lineman. And that's, that's, I'll be happy as a pig and shit. Just give me that, please. <laughs> now, did JC Treader uh, sign anywhere yet? I don't think so. He that's like if Alex Mack isn't coming back, the 49ers need to go grab him because I'm sorry, you can't fill both guard positions and a center. Like <laughs> your entire this, like, offensive line. When you're like Trey Lance, his first year as a starter, you need to get him some more. Like you got to get him at least a vet as center because that center position is so important for that mm-hmm. connection between the quarterback and the center. Like they, if Alex Mack isn't coming back, they need to go sign somebody. And I think they need to go sign a vet. And if Treader is still out there, like go get him. He's, he's still out there. I like the idea of signing a veteran and then finding a young guy also. But again, give me one plug and play offensive. I'm not picky about the position and I, whatever you can get, take it because they desperately, desperately need it. You want to be able to get a true evaluation of Trey Lance. That's, that's really what it's about for me. Like if he's under pressure constantly all the time, you're not going to know what you have there. You need, it's kind of like where the dolphins are with Tua. Everyone now this year is like no excuses with Tua. The dolphins have, you know, everything is in place around him to evaluate whether or not he's the guy. Great. That's what you need to do. If you're the 49ers, cause you gotta know quickly. Cause that rookie contract is tick, tick, ticking away. So you want to be able to know by the end of this year, we know we got a guy. Maybe we need to add pieces around him, whatever. There's things to work out. But you want to be able to say, we know for sure that we got this right. And you can't do that if there's questions on three out of the five spots on your offensive line. Yeah, the last thing you want to be doing here at the end of this year is being like, Trey Lance had a poor year, but he only had a poor year because the offensive line was so bad. It's like, that's not, you don't want that excuse to be able to be there. Now, I don't know if there are really any moves they can make right now that's going to solidify their offensive line where you feel good about it going into the season. And I don't think like taking these guys in the second or third round is just automatically going to fix it. You have to hope they hit. Uh, but they, they got to at least try here to find somebody in these first three picks that they have. A guy I think they can get in this third round is Zach Tom, left tackle out of Wake Forest. Obviously, he wouldn't play left tackle for the 49ers, either move him to the right side or he can you know, move into guard position at the next level. He allowed just 13 total pressures on 633 pass blocking Ooh. snaps in 2021. Now, 600 plus pass blocking snaps in the college level in one season. That's an insane amount. Like they pass a ton at Wake Forest. Uh, graded out really well, both as a you know run blocker and pass blocker. The thing with him, he's an extreme athlete. Like his athletic testing was absurd. 92 plus percentile in all of his athletic testings at the combine. Just a monster at six foot four, three hundred four pounds. 95th percentile three cone, which just really shows his agility there as an offensive lineman. I don't think he's as like plug and play as Luca Decky, but I do think he has higher potential at the next level. So, you know, grabbing him in the late third, you will have like he's gonna be a little bit raw. You gotta you gotta work with him and grow his skill set. But I think he could be a really good either right tackle or guard at the next level. 
you got to be athletic in this scheme because you got to be able to move. You have got to yeah. be able to get out on the edge, open things up. Um, so that's why like the the pick of Jalen Moore and Aaron Banks last year kind of surprised me because they didn't really fit that mold. So I'd like to see somebody get back to that because when that friggin' scheme is working, it's great. Yeah, I, I think Zach Tom would be a really nice fit here. And like uh, maybe he's not ready to play tackle right away at the NFL level, but throw him into a guard position. Those are openings. Get him some experience out there. I, I think he's an upgrade to whatever they have on the team right now. I think he he's a better prospect than Aaron Banks. So uh, I, I think he would be a nice pick here if you can get him in the late third. I would prefer Luke Gadecki, but if you miss out on him, Zach Tom would be a nice option. And then one more guy here I have that's a possible third-round pick for the 49ers is Max Mitchell, right tackle for Louisiana. Highest graded tackle in the FBS in 2021, 94.8 PFF grade is great balance. Like you're not going to knock them. You're not going to knock them over, which is just something that you need. You need out of your offensive lineman, especially at the tackle position. He is on the skinnier side. So I'm surprised he has such great balance. Six, six, just over 300 pounds. So it would be kind of hard. I don't know if he's too tall to play the yeah, guard position. Yeah, bulk up, man. Come on. Yeah. Uh, he, but He's he has time to bulk up, right? Still a younger dude. So I think he would be a nice option there for them. Late third round pick, maybe that last pick there at 105. Um, but another tackle position that they could fill or at least have depth there. If if uh I don't want to say Mike Isicki, I don't know why that's coming to me. McGlinchey uh isn't <laughs> ready to go this year or he does get hurt again. At least you have some depth there uh moving forward. Maybe even grab this guy in the fourth round, which would be perfect. The other thing I like about the draft is like, you're going to find out what the 49ers think their own needs are. And they're going to say like, well, we took best player available, blah, blah, blah. That's crap. Kyle Posey said it best, man. Everybody talks about best player available until that player is not at a position of need. It's like you, the 49ers drafted two corners last year for a reason because they knew they (laughs) needed them. So it'll be interesting to see where they go, whether it's tackle, if it's center, if it's guard, because forget what they say you'll find out much, much more about what the 49ers think about themselves based on who they pick. Uh, Did you have any running backs picked out? Because I do think the Niners are going to get a running back. But if not, we've got time. We could do it next week. It's fine. Yeah, let's discuss that next week. I don't have anybody offhand here. There's a there's a few players that I think would be a good fit. I don't think they have the like the draft capital to waste you know, even a fourth rounder on a running back. So we're going to be looking at some late round guys that maybe they bring in. I I do still think Trey Sermon is highly talented and you have Elijah Mitchell there. So I don't think it's a big need. Maybe you spend another six rounder on a running back and and hope he hits. But besides that, I wouldn't go any earlier than that, but I'll bring some late round guys next week. We need some, I want the 49ers to draft at least one player where immediately after they pick him, I could go to YouTube and type in so-and-so highlights and just be able to watch. Like watching an offensive lineman's highlights, not as exciting. Like give yeah. me a receiver, a running back, just something. I don't even care if it's in the sixth round, like whatever. Just give me one, you know, like I was saying before, one piece of candy. Let me just have that for the draft day. Uh, so we'll dive into some running backs next week. Uh, you know gonna... who I think they're they'll pick though. Like if I already had to just like fill a guy in for them in the sixth round, if he were to be there, Pierre Strong Jr. out of South Dakota State. He's just that like guy that will just a home run hitter. He's just a really he's a speedster guy. That's pretty much what he does, and that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan looks for. Uh, mm-hmm. So I could see like if you go look at his highlights, you're gonna have fun with that. If you want to go do that, 
but I there could you see go. The, I could see him being a 49er pretty easily. So there you have it. There's some guys to keep an eye on as we get to the draft. We're still going to keep diving into this. Again, we're going to have, we'll do a Twitter space on Thursday night. Uh, if the 49ers somehow trade back into the first one, well, we will do a live show on the YouTube page and Twitter and Facebook and all that. But if it, if the Niners stay out of the first, we'll have a Twitter space. And then on day two of the draft, Friday night, we will have a live draft show. We can break down everybody the 49ers pick. We'll look back at what happened in the first round. So it's the perfect time to subscribe. Subscribe to the Niners Nation YouTube page, to the podcast network. Leave us a five-star rating review. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Good luck on the house. Also, I will be rooting for you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll be sweating it out. Just heard that they're not going to pick until middle of next week. So, uh, Brutal. Yeah, yeah. This is like waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to get traded. <laughs> Hopefully I get a house before that happens because I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the 49ers for the next 10 years. We're going to be... Don't even joke about that. Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you.